yeah, I was just before joining this into, into here, I was reading your post from yesterday about let's just admit we're all scared little children. And, you know, I'm feeling nerves right now. This is my first time doing a podcast and I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, I think a big thing, especially amongst men in the male community, vulnerability and showing signs of weakness, I guess, emotionally has always been something that you must avoid. Um, and that's caused a lot of problems with men. I mean, look at men, we commit the most murders, suicides, crimes. I mean, a lot of that has to do with, I think that we're so afraid to share what we're feeling, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm looking for, uh, thank you for this opportunity, by the way. I'm really inspired by what you're doing, um, um, the bravery you have to put this all on your social media. You, I'm sure you've lost followers and friends or whatever, but you're doing what's good for you, man. And that's, I'm, I'm doing the same thing right now for myself. And it's, it's amazing what we can accomplish when we focus on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Dude, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, I've seen some of the things that you've been posting um, on some of your stories and it definitely resonates. I mean, it's not the easiest thing for either of us to do, um, but I'm definitely happy to have you here um, to talk and I'm just, I'm very excited and, and happy to be here. This has been something that, um, I mean, so I, I obviously like I was kind of like on Instagram, like in a mode where I would kind of do like these solo things, which was cool, but I feel like my greater strength is actually in talking to other people and having these one-on-one -on -one conversations. And I think that brings, I mean, that can bring so much more, so much more value to the listeners and things like that. So yeah, thank you for being yeah, here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, I mean, just a little personal take on what I've been going through. I mean, I mean, people who've always known me before, like, I think I've very, I've really changed in the past two months. Um, but before people always would knew I had a level of respect and dignity and I, and that I cared about other people. Um, but I had my flaws um, and my flaws were very present in, in my day to day life. Right. Um, I indulged, you know, obviously we both go to a party school where um, ha habits that might not be good for us are almost encouraged or they're just around, you know, whether it's unhealthy eating, partying, drinking or whatever. Um, and I indulged in all of that to the fullest extent for, for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. um, but once I got the information and began to listen, um, look, health as health experts around the world, there's a general consensus that um, healthy eating, morning exercise, whatever, meditation, connecting with the natural world, these are all good things for the human spirit. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people think like, oh, I'm not going to listen to some health expert like who's telling me what to do. But they're not telling you what to do. They're dedicating their life to studying what is good for the human body and human mind. And they're sharing that information with you. These are people that we should be listening to, not thinking that they're trying to strip us away from our freedom. Um, obviously, people hold on to that freedom word in America like it's, like it's their baby. Um, you know, people want to continue to wave their Confederate flags because they have the right to, right? I mean, but look, we don't even, I mean, that, that we can get into that later because I have a lot to say about the current climate and I'm sure you do too. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think it's important that, like, look, it's helped my life. If everyone took that time to work on themselves, um, you, we would live harmoniously. Instead, we focus on what public perception, oh, um, what are other people going to say? Oh, if I don't act ignorant around these people, they're like, you know what I mean? We, we act in certain ways because of the external environment that we're consu consuming. And that is wrong. We have to look within and the happiest people on earth um, are people who they don't have the most possessions. Um, they might not even be the best looking, but they are in tune with themselves and they work on themselves because humans are not just some toy. I know I'm just rambling because I got, I'm in the mode right now. Oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, those people are the ones who they're, they're connected. They're connected to themselves and they feel connected to, to everything that they're in relationship with. Um, and, and, and not to interrupt you. I know you were on a, you were on a roll there. Go ahead, man. Um, but I mean, I, I totally resonate with what you were saying about how, um, you know, like in Greek life, like we are 
for the listeners, we are, um, we joined the same fraternity uh, at Syracuse University. And I mean, that was, that de- it was definitely for me at, at one time, as I'm sure it was for you, but past a certain point, I just recognized a misalignment um, within myself. And if I really look back on it, it's totally because I, whenever I joined it, I didn't know who I was in the first place. <laughs> and, and I, and I joined it with the intention that, I mean, I don't know, you have all of these, um, you know, you, 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 you go to college and obviously it looks fun to join a fraternity and it is fun. Um, but the way in which it kind of adds this layer onto your identity with the expectation that it will do work for you, that it will do these things for you. For me, it just got to a point where, like I said, I felt misaligned because, you know, I'm on this campus, my freshman year, sophomore year, whatever. And I joined the fraternity and, you know, it's all cool. I like the guys and everything like that. And this is no disrespect to anyone that is, that is in the fraternity. <laughs> um, obviously have great friends there and, and things like that. But I realized that I was, it, it was, it was a mask. It was a mask that I could wear. I could wear the letters around campus and be like, you know, I belong to this group so I can finally feel worthy. But where it got tricky is that once I was finally in it for some time, I was like, wow, like I still really don't feel any different. I don't feel more worthy. If I do, it doesn't really last any long. And I have to like throw my letters on and walk around campus if I want to like feel like good or something like that. Cause I'm, cause you'll recognize yourself doing something like that. Like if there's a day where I'm feeling like a little, like, like where I'm feeling, um, I don't know, more anxious or whatever it may be, I'll throw on the letters and it will literally, and, and it would literally give me, um, like this boost, like in my head. And so eventually that led me to the point where I had to just step away. Uh, I had to step away from the fraternity. And I mean, that's when I started doing my, uh, you know, a lot of my deeper work and truly just figuring out what my true values are um, and, and just who I am. Yeah, man. Um, to an extent, my experience with the fraternity is similar um but i was never i mean honestly from the day i joined i kind of was already realizing like and it wasn't my specific fraternity's fault but it was more the system in general how you know the thing you said about wearing the letters or the thing about you know girls coming up to me and saying are you in a frat like the first question they asked me and like sort of like that giving you that like i that seems so superficial to me and from day one i noticed that and in fact i didn't even like wear my letters around because in a way i didn't want that added attention yeah. and I don't want people to associate with me with these other, this large brotherhood, which, you know, I don't necessarily stand for everything that the brothers, whatever, like I thought it kind of took away from my individuality and in, in not a good way. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing with a lot. I mean, that too much pride, the word is pride. I really think like um, people who are proud, um, it can, that's one of the seven deadly sins if for any of you Bible or religious people out there. And I you know, obviously American, you know, for example, when people, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, um, people had so much pride attached to that American flag, that piece of fabric, if you really think about it, that they wouldn't even listen to what his message was before saying he's being disrespectful to the flag. Um, um, same thing with the, the fraternity, like the fraternity letters sort of thing. Like it's giving meaning to something that really it shouldn't have that meaning. Um, Cause what happens once it goes away? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if people are so afraid, I mean, how many fraternities and fraternity members are living in fear because of, oh no, they're going to take away our, our house because, you know, oh, some frats are racist now. They're coming after frats. People are so afraid of losing that. I, was, I wasn't afraid of losing that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's plenty more to life. You got to realize that. That's what I'm saying. Like, good point, but keep going on what you were about to say. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's... um. It's whenever, it's whenever you're putting your identity 
into something and it becomes dependent on it. And I'm thankful that I'd, I, I never got to that point where my identity was extremely invested in and tied into um, the organization. But it still wasn't the easiest thing to separate myself and to completely, you know, stop doing it because I mean, what it does is that it, it similar to how media convinces you that you need certain things to be happy and be fulfilled, to be liked, whatever you, you know, I, I encountered those same things and those emotions within myself. Like, I'm like, okay, like, are people like not going to like me anymore? Like if I just start to like separate myself, like what's going to happen, like all this stuff. But it was one of those points where I knew, I knew deep in my, I knew deep in my heart what my calling was and, and what I had to do. Um, and so, you know, I definitely, you know, I definitely don't, I will never regret joining it in general um, because I wouldn't have gained, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gained that lesson otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have realized that I was basing my identity off of something completely outside of myself. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, and yeah, again, like this is not to knock anyone who's in the fraternity or who's in any fraternity or sorority. Um, you know, a lot of times people join it. I mean, look, the reason I even joined a frat, I wasn't even going to. In fact, it's funny. My parents were one of were a couple of people who were encouraging me like, oh, you sure you're not going to try rush? Like, you know, <laughs> most people's parents don't, you know. Um, but the reason I guess I did it was because all my freshman year friends were like, what do you mean you're not joining a fraternity? Do you understand? Like, that's what Syracuse is all about, blah, blah. And I guess those messages were just put into my head. So I went through with Rush. I, I joined it. And you not understand, bro. You need this, bro. <laughs> you need this. Like, man, like we need. <sighs> wow. Yeah. So, um, so where do you stand with that right now? I'm just curious. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm still a member. I'm still, I mean, I, you know, in general, I don't even like, I remember, See, I don't want to get too specific, but like, I don't even enjoy the partying in general, really. I'm more like, I'm kind of over partying in a way. Like I'm so focused and in tune with my spiritual journey that I'm on right now. And I'm going to continue that accuse that. And you know, that's kind of what our fraternities revolve around. It's the parties, like whether you can, whether you like it or not. So I'm probably not going to, I have great friends. Um, from, I mean, we met each other through fraternity, for example. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, the the whole partying thing. I'm just that's I've never never really been into that. So that's where I stand. Um, but yeah, I mean, moving on. I was thinking about this like a lot today about the current climate we're in um, with not only quarantine but the Black Lives Matter resurgence after George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of stuff's been happening in the past few weeks, and we're finally seeing change, which is amazing. But I just want people to really understand that racism is not just a police problem. We still, it's a business, it's an education problem, it's a societal, and I'm glad we're starting to branch out and they're saying, yo, let's ban the Confederate flag. Let's, um, uh, yeah, uh, Starbucks is getting exposed for, and like anthropology is getting exposed for using code words when a black customer walks in. And I'm glad this is all getting exposed. They're trying to take down statues that represent Confederate, like Robert E. Lee and Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I really I want to bring some light to this because we there's a couple of real important things I think we should also be protesting. Dollar bills, um, the faces on the dollar bills, the one, the five, the ten, they're all slave owners. I mean, to think that the fact that we're worshiped. First of all, I don't. If it were up to me, I don't think we should have any face on our currency. We shouldn't be attaching a face or a person to currency. And the fact that we the faces that we do have on there are slave owners is like crazy because it's like worshiping a God and and no offense to anyone who, who does, but it's, um, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And like, I mean, <laughs> we should really be protesting that. And my, I mean, then people are going to say, okay, let's put new presidents on there, JFK, Obama. And then that's going to be a problem too, because then you're going to have the Trump train people saying, no, we want to have Trump on like, you can't, 
I think we should not have any faces on currencies. Other other um, countries and communities don't have faces attached to their currency. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. And another thing to really get to the root of the problem, like, look, like I just said, I'm glad that police brutality is the thing that's starting to open up these conversations. I mean, it had to take this, I guess. I think a lot is has to do with the fact that a lot of us are in quarantine. A lot of white people are with their parents. They're having conversations. They're having disagreements. They're maybe turning a new leaf. Um, but I think we have to really get to the root of the problem of racism, of prejudice, of hatred. Um, one thing I think is interesting is the textbooks, the education. I mean, when we start talking about black history, where do we begin? We begin at slavery. And then we begin at G the civil rights movement and Jim Crow and blah, 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 right? Why don't we give any context to young kids? Why don't we talk about what Africans were before um, slavery? They were kings, queens, they owned property, they owned land, they worked to secure a better future for their families when they were in Africa. We don't, we don't talk about that. Right, so and, and we don't talk about anything i mean we don't even talk about i mean i think i think a big problem is that in education it's really only being just the them the there's such a limitation on perspective it's teaching you facts and it's usually like one perspective like you said the kings and the queens things like yeah super important and even the fact that africans are the ones who agreed to trade Africans overseas. And obviously that, I mean, I'm not saying, and, and I'm not trying to say that it's black people's fault that slavery, no, no. you know, ever existed, but I'm just saying that this is all the issues that we have ever had are a human issue. It's not black versus white or gay versus straight or whatever it may be it's simply just a human issue and seeing each other as separate from ourselves and once we can finally just all acknowledge that collectively once more people start to acknowledge that and obviously with education just bringing these perspectives into it and not just teaching i mean i'm super passionate about this topic but just not teaching facts, these factual perspectives. But for example, like, like I read it in a book and basically it was saying like, imagine if in the educational system, you gave children all the facts, like all the perspectives, like all of it. And then without making them memorize it or like all of this other BS, but just being like, okay, with all of these things considered, how would you do it differently? And that's it. And it's getting people to think for themselves. Wow. Great idea. Yeah. No, <laughs> because, yeah. Critical. Yeah. Like, because the reason that, that we are facing so many problems on a global level is because people aren't thinking for themselves. They're, they're confined to, a system of old thinking. I mean, I mean, that's why, I mean, that's why there are people that are still racist. Uh, absolutely. I was pretty much saying this on my snap story the other day, man, like when we rely on, and it's not just racism, it's kind of just everything. Like we rely on what other people are saying. And again, it's all about trying to fit in socially at the end of the day. Like the reason slavery and, and Jim Crow lasted so long, there were, probably, there were probably a lot of white people who realized it was wrong. I'm sure there were, but it was, it was literally the law. So they're not going to go against the law or whatever. And we, by the way, we have a lot of laws right now that I would argue that would need to be changed because they're immoral and they're affecting other communities poorly, right? Um, so we should be fighting for that too. But what I'm saying is, yeah, when you think for yourself, you all of that hatred that's when you hate someone because of their race or because of how they look or what the things that they say, that hatred is coming from within that person who's projecting the hate. They have hatred for themselves. They have hatred for the world. And once I began to realize that, uh, like I used to get affected when someone would call me a name or say a mean comment under my Instagram. But once you like realize that that's the hatred coming from within themselves, you almost that fear that you feel turns into empathy and sympathy for that person. Like, man, I, these, this person needs to really take a deep look into themselves 
And it's not like the no longer like, oh, I'm mad or I'm going to curse this guy out now and fight fire with fire, which by the way, never works either. <laughs> but um, that's sort of the feeling I get now. Whenever I see somebody hating or like dirty looks and this, that, the other thing, I'm just like, man, this guy has a lot of problems that he's battling. And the only way to cope with them is projecting that hatred onto other people. Yeah. So the, basically the real question is how do we promote the importance of, I guess, mental health and you're connecting to yourself because all of our politicians and presidents are focusing on economic growth, on war. And I mean, I think it would, it'd be really nice if we had a leader, whether that's the president or whoever, who emphasizes mental health, living a healthy lifestyle and not just focusing on getting that dollar. Um, Cause man, we, the whole world revolves around, we're, again, we're worshiping slave owners. We really need to fix that um, uh, with our currency. I mean, why don't people talk about that as much? I really wonder. I mean, we're talking about taking down the statues, which is good. Um, and, I, and the people who argue like, oh, if you take down the statue, you're erasing the history. That's BS. It's all on the internet. The reason statues are meant to, they're built for people who are of high virtue, of dignity. You look up to a statue, like, you know what I mean? So that's why it's like, wait, why do we have statues of slave owners and Christopher Columbus? Like, that's why people are saying, let's take down these statues because statues represent good people. It's not like, oh, we're trying to t erase history. That's a very silly thing to say. But yeah, man. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, a, it's like more of a question of like, we know where we were, but where do we want to go? Right. Where, where do we want to go? What do we want to focus on? Um, and that's interesting. You said, I, I think you kind of asked a question there. Um, but I really think, I mean, in my opinion, it's really education <laughs> and it, ha and that has its pros and cons. You know, one of the cons is that it will take some time, a lot of time, especially considering that the education system, it has, a, it has a, a long way to go <laughs> before it reaches anything like that, where people are, are, are learning to think for themselves and they're learning values and things like that. Um, but I mean, that's a problem. I mean, there's the, the power is so disproportionate. It's hard to expect. Um, it's hard to expect things to change quickly. Um, but I mean, there has to be that balance. So like, I, I'm glad that, that things are happening. Um, uh, because obviously there are, there are some, I'm sure some immediate things that, uh, can be done to to fix things to 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 subdue more damage to basically put a band-aid on it um but yeah i mean hey man like one thing about the media like i mean the the climate we live in politically and with the media that they're the, all the media tries to do is put fear into you and try to blame the other side, whether it's, Oh, the Democrats are the resource of all your problem. The Republic Trump's the source of all your problems. Um, and it's just putting this fear and negativity that, and then that what you're hearing on the media that then becomes your dialogue and you're on Twitter and Facebook fighting with people. Like my mom's freaking, my mom's fighting with her, like Trump supporter friends, you know, about all this black lives matter. So, and it's like, what is that getting done? Um, the media is not, I don't know, man, it's just, it's, it's sad because first of all, the whole Democrat and Republican thing is the fact that we even have two parties that's literally meant to divide us. If you think about it, like yeah, it, how can we, how can we move past that? And it's going to be really hard because this is deeply ingrained, like you said, and it does start with education for sure. And what you just said really made me think like, talk about what Christopher Columbus did talk about slavery. And then instead of just, all right, moving on to our next subject. Now we're going to talk about, um, you know, the, the Louisiana purchase, <laughs> Louisiana purchase. How about you ask them, what would you do differently? Do you think it was right for Mr. Columbus to take away all the native lands? And by the way, it's not just Christopher Columbus, native Americans always continue to get disrespected in this country, man. I mean, forget about it. They, they, I mean, I know you probably know about the pipeline, the Dakota access pipeline. They, they had to build an oil pipeline. They, they stripped native American territory, their land away to build that. And they're always going into Native American communities and taking away their land so they could build business and industry. Like this is mess. This is all messed up, man. And we really need to focus on. But again, I'm really glad that the Black Lives Matter movement um, is opening the doors to all these other 
sorts of questions. And I think people are coming to grips with it. But then there's the other side who are the people who are really angry with Black Lives Matter movement or who are only talking about the the rioters and the looting and the, oh, Black Lives Matter is becoming a pol- its own political party and all this nonsense. So there, and there are a lot of people who believe that. I mean, our own president, of course, hasn't even really said anything um, positive about the peaceful mm-hmm. protesters and everything. So it's really like, again, like all of this stuff, the media you see, the things that Trump is saying, I think people really need to just take a step back, take a deep breath and work on themselves. And then they'll start to look at it with their third eye, as I like to say, like not with, not with their two eyes, but they'll see the bigger picture and it they'll start to true. see. Yeah, man. So I think, and it's going to be hard because literally they want you, look, everybody has a phone, everybody has a computer, everybody turns on TV and sees like these messages are hard to avoid advertising messages, this, that, other thing. There's a McDonald's on every street corner. They want you to eat unhealthy. They want you to, consume these fearful messages like why did they have to make the murder hornet such a big media story i bet the murder hornet i'm not trying to be conspiracy but like that thing's probably already been in the united states and they're just making that a big story now to distract us like i really do think that like yeah i saw something about like a mosquito outbreak it was like yes they're talking about like a deadly mosquito like bro let's focus on that the likelihood of that murder hornet killing you is very small Let's focus on things that really matter and people who are actually suffering, not only in the United States, but in third world countries. I mean, the reason third world countries are struggling, large part have to do with American history of them going into those countries, taking their resources, hurting their people, starting wars. I mean, Africa is a case example. We took all of that. That was one of the richest countries in terms of minerals, gold, silver, like all of the things they had. And then we took that, made profit off it, took them, made them slaves, all this stuff. They, that, I think Africa should have been, if things went the right way, would have been the most powerful nation, the most morally um, in tune nation and everything. And it's just like, again, we can't always go back and look at, I mean, we have to learn from our history. Um, And I just think, man, I mean, I just have a lot to say about this, you know, but yeah, I'm just glad that people are starting to, I think like the Confederate flag, get that out of here. The fact that we banned the Nazi flag, right? And that happened in Germany. Slavery happened in the United States. Why do we still allow the Confederate flag to be waved? I mean, yeah. come on, it's common sense. So I, I guess right now, what is um, the most important thing right now is that everything is being exposed. All of the ways in which we separate ourselves are being exposed. I mean, that is why people are still going hungry throughout the world. It's because we still see each other as being separate from ourselves or, or from each other. Yes. Because if everyone on this planet was working together and saw each other as themselves, we'd be we, would not have, we would not have any of these problems, any of these problems at all. But I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, it, it's good that, you know, with the black lives matter and even with uh, coronavirus and how both of those things have just completely exposed societal frameworks, um, yeah. so healthcare system, the yep. global health. I mean, I mean, all of these things, inequality, and um, yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's good. I mean, I mean, this is the only this is the only way that we can grow. <laughs> The dark, like the darkness, has to come to the light. We have to see, we have to see the ugly stuff before we're gonna change. Yeah, absolutely. We also have to realize that there's a lot of people on top that are profiting off of all of our all of our problems. Obviously, we have a for-profit healthcare system, for-profit jail prison system. We have people, and I'm not talking about the Bill Gates or like the Donald Trump or whatever. There's the top 1% has a lot of power. They know things that we don't know. They literally make money off of all of us, like spending our, our consumerism and our, and our mental health problems and our fighting and our, and they make money and they laugh at us about it, man. And we have to wake up to that too. And they, know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing, they know, they know how much power that one individual can have if their mind is free from from this attachment to all of these things that 
exactly are in, are in a lot of cases toxic to us <laughs> the food that we are eating yeah our water our water is horrible fluoride isn't that yeah i was learning about the water too you have to watch out they literally the food the water like it's like and we're we're eating it up 75 80 percent of americans i would say are like totally indulging in this 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 toxic stuff that doesn't only affect your body in a negative way but it affects your mind you're not going to be able to raise your level of consciousness to that point that we should all be at if you're smoking cigarettes eating junk food like always looking at the media and then all these things, everything, it's the media, it's the, the advertisements, it's the food, it's the water. Um, it's the, Oh, the social pressure. They, they, they create this environment for us to get stuck in so that they can enjoy all the benefits of life, all the money, all the profits, all the power. And I mean, I'm glad we're at least most of us are at least waking up to income inequality. Um, the top 1% owns about 50% of all the money. I think I read, and obviously the poor keep getting poorer. At least we can all come to grips with that. Um, some people think the way to solve that is, you know, the Bernie Sanders approach where you tax the rich at really high amounts. But will that really solve the problem? Because that'll just get people angry because um, I worked hard for this money. You're taking it away. There, We really have to get to the root and not just blame it on somebody else like the media tells you to do or that your friends tell you to do. You know what I mean? And um, I'm just really glad, like I'm thinking about all this stuff in a different way because again, I started taking care of myself. I started exercising, I started meditating and it's hard to do it at first. Like if you asked me a, a year ago, oh, Dante, are you going to meditate? I'd be like, fuck no, I'd probably like call you a name or something. Yeah, but I yeah. really decided to, it's hard, like it's not easy. And the other thing I want to say is like I was researching um, – thoughts and i shared it on my snap story i don't know if you saw but like 80 percent of people's thoughts are negative and now i wasn't sharing that on my story to like scare people like oh like i i have negative thoughts this is bad but and it's and for people who deal with anxiety depression whether that's mild or severe it's really hard to turn those negative thoughts in your head to positive thoughts i understand that um you can't do it overnight but try to do the things that work the exercising the eating better um, take a break from social media and media, do these things that have helped people with anxiety and depression, overcome it. Let's try it. It's going to be really hard, especially for a person who's depressed. You know, I wasn't really depressed or had anxiety, so it was a bit easier for me, but it was still challenging for me too. So just take small steps, run a couple miles and do something every day. Try something new. That's my best advice because that's how you, that's how your thoughts become positive naturally. It's not like, Oh no, I need to make my thoughts. How do I make my thoughts positive? Or like, I want to kill myself, whatever. Like you have to take the small steps and it's going to be challenging, but know that there's beauty in the struggle. Everything that, um, everything that's good comes from discomfort, comes from struggle. You know what I mean? So it starts with you. That's what I would say. Absolutely, man. I would, I mean, I would say that I would say the same thing more or less. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel like I feel like some people may feel like doing these things are not fun and they don't feel good and they and they're an obligation, but past a certain point, they just feel good. I feel so much better whenever I'm eating um, you know whenever I'm eating new nutritious foods. <laughs> And um, when I'm exercising and meditating and doing all these things, it, it just feels good. Um, and it doesn't mean that I don't indulge in, in some unhealthier things at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just feels good. And it, you have to start somewhere. Right. Um, and like just building off of that, um, again, and you can't blame people who believe this can't blame them um and again i was a person who thought this too but people search for happiness um they look for other things and other people like day to day they want to like if they're alone they're getting anxious and they have to be around people and then they feel a little bit better and if they you know or if they're smoking a few blunts a day or drinking every day like that makes them feel good 
but this has a this affects you and it limits you it doesn't just limit your body your mind and body are connected and that's the thing i kind of want to let people know because some people would be like why would i give up unhealthy eating i don't really care if i get fat or some people can eat unhealthy and they don't even get fat that doesn't mean it's not affecting your mind it is yeah it's just toxic <laughs> yeah that is one of my that that is one of my biggest things that i like to talk about it's like some people will talk about yeah like i can um be like bro i, I don't have to i don't have to eat right till you know, till I'm like 30 and I start getting overweight or whatever, then I can work it off or like whatever it may be. But the impacts are there. It's influencing you right now, even if you can't see it. Right. Even exactly. if you can't see it. But once you do start to change things, then you're able to see like, wow, like it actually was impacting me a lot. Like I remember whenever I was in high school and I was, um, you know, I was like, that was like, kind of like my, I was so into like lifting and like bodybuilding and it was around, it was, it was at around this time where I was literally just like eating like as much as humanly possible. I would have like this mass gainer that, I mean, I, I like think like thinking on it now, I can't even imagine like how toxic that bag of protein powder was and how many, and how laced it was with chemicals and, and all these additives and whatever it may be. And so every night I would have like two of those shakes filled with just like regular dairy milk. And I mean, dude, I probably got sick maybe three to four times in one season. I mean, I was just getting sick and sick and sick and I didn't know why <laughs> I was at my boarding school. I was like, okay, maybe it's because I'm around these people all the time living in the dorms. That's not why. So my, it's because my diet was horrible. And ever since I've cleaned up my diet, I mean, I probably haven't been sick in. I mean, dude, I probably haven't been sick in like at least a year. <laughs> it's been at least a year. Knock on wood, bro. <laughs> it's just like, uh. yeah, I mean, it, it just feels good. And then there, and there's a difference. Exactly, bro. And again, the number one thing um, is that initial discomfort. I mean, I'll get a little personal here because when I joined Syracuse, it wasn't, you know, like most of my frat brothers and all the people, it wasn't drinking. That was my thing. It was smoking, like, you know, smoking pot. Mm -hmm. And um, I became like a stoner, like smoking all the time, like multiple times a day. Right. And that was sort of my vice, my and of course, I didn't, it wasn't like I needed it necessarily, but then it became sort of, it did become that. It became like, oh, I want to, I don't feel right right now. I'm a smoke. You know, a lot of people get in that trap. Not only was it running my pockets, because that's, you know, that's money when you're smoking every day, mm -hmm. um, but it has health effects. And actually, when I really researched the health effects, um, you learn about it. And it says when you quit, you're going to go to four, four to five days of withdrawals. Like you're going to, it's going to be hard to sleep. You're, you're going to be moody. And then I was like, all right. And then once you get through that four to five days, like I don't, um, I still smoke occasionally. Mm -hmm. I still drink occasionally, but I'm, but I'm really trying to phase it out completely to be honest. But I'm so glad I'm out of that phase where I would have to smoke every day. Um, and again, that's kind of the thing with everything, like every little thing you, it takes four to five days, sometimes two to three weeks of that initial discomfort. But just realize that you, you're weeding out the discomfort when you, when you take steps to take care of yourself, like the hardest thing that people don't like is when they don't feel good. And that joint makes them feel better. That, that, uh, whatever they do, it makes you feel better for a second. Yeah. And it adds up and it actually isn't helping you. You know what I mean? Um, so you really need to be able to control all those things. Yeah. And I just really, I just really try to urge people that don't get discouraged with the discomfort, just battle through it. Because even if it feels like hell, Cause I'm sure it's really hard for people to quit. Like when they're addicted to pain pills or heroin, like all that stuff, that's probably really hard to quit. And, but it's possible. You just get through that hell stage and then you get to heaven. Like it really like your mind and everything feels better every day you wake up and you want to learn something new or talk to a new person. I mean, like you probably didn't think you would be starting this podcast. What a year or two ago. Right. I mean, you were a frat brother, you were crushing, <laughs> crushing beers and like hanging out with chicks and like all this stuff you didn't, but now you're doing something that has a greater purpose, man. And I'm slowly finding my greater purpose too. And I want everyone 
to do that because we're all humans and we all have the capability to do it. So let's yeah. do it. Dude, that's exactly, that's exactly the thing. It's, it's about just literally diving into the deep end. I mean, I, I like that seems to be consistent in my life. Um, you know, for Instagram, for example, in March, I'm pretty sure I started actually posting like meaningful content on Instagram, like videos or whatever, maybe. So I started that in like April. In March, I really had no idea that I, that I would ever get to that point. I was posting things on Twitter and even LinkedIn, like literally every platform but Instagram because there's that stigma there. And um, I felt that it was unsafe. It, it, like Instagram was by far the most threatening platform because that's where I'd get, that's where I'd build the most, um, the most followers. And, and that's where like, like that was like the crux of like the remainder of what I thought my reputation was and the identity that I had so carefully constructed. And I, and there was always like a deep part of me that was like, okay, like I know eventually, and I've always seen this in my mind's eye that eventually I am going to be in a place where I am that free in regards to how I'm posting content on social media and specifically on Instagram. So, you know, eventually I did see myself posting things like this videos, whatever it may be, but I really didn't know it was going to come this quickly and, and how it came this quickly was me just I mean, once I felt it, like once I knew, I was like, okay, like I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and I don't know. And I mean, I, I just, I just went right off, right off the deep, right off the, whatever, the diving board, <laughs> the diving board into the deep end. And I mean, that's the thing. Like if you don't just jump directly off, I mean, there's no point in like dipping your toe in the water and like, Oh no, like I don't want to go in. <laughs> it's like, cause I mean, people will do that. You know, if they're trying to like quit anything, like if they're trying to like quit smoking, they'll be like, okay, I'm going to. I love your analogies by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it'll be like, I mean, people will like commit to it, but only halfway. Right. Absolutely. But it, it takes the full commitment and going full cold turkey. Cause some people don't want to go cold turkey. They'll try to wean themselves off. They'll, they'll literally say that. They'll say, I'm going to wean myself off of it. But what does that mean? That's I noticed that you're still like, you want, you know, you're going to want a, that cigarette or that joint. Like, you, yeah. you know, like, it's nah, giving you yourself permission to, it's giving yourself permission. Right. And, um, yeah. And it's also giving power to the thing as well. <laughs> it's giving power to the thing to, I mean, it, like that, you're giving it a lot of power. Totally so. agree. Um, yeah, man. And just in general, like the thing, when I was looking about human thoughts and like where researchers are found, um, most people focus on what they don't want instead of what they do want. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's like kind of true. Like I'm thinking, you know, you don't, oh my God, I really, I hope this, if this person doesn't respond to my texts, how am I going to feel? If I don't get 250 likes on my Instagram posts, how am I going to feel like if I don't? And it's like, what we don't realize is like you, I mean, I don't know how many people believe this, but the universe, your messages, your thoughts become things, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, when you focus on what you don't want, you're going to get what you don't want. When you focus on what you do want and you put your fullest effort into it, you go right into the deep end, like you said, because if you just put your pinky toe in there, that's not, you're still focusing on what you don't want. Like, cause you're just, you're kind of, but when you focus on what you do want and you really give it that effort, you'll be rewarded by the universe or whether you believe in God, God, but you'll be rewarded. You'll be rewarded when you really start doing what's right for you and not what's right for how you look on social media or how you look for your parents or how you look for other people. No, do what's right for you. man. And like, I just, that message, I really want that to resonate with the viewers watching this and I'm going to continue to try to impact people around me. And I know you're going to too. And I, I really would like to do this face to face again, maybe at another point, whether in the yeah. near future or maybe, yeah, but we really should because this was great. And 
of course. I want to, um, before we wrap up, I want to recommend a book to you. It's called, yeah, it's called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I'll type that in. I would recommend it to all the listeners too. And it's, it's not what it sounds like. It says God, but obviously there are a lot of misconceptions about God. Um, but I mean, this book, it digs into so, so much. And it's not about, I mean, honestly, like whenever you pick it up, like you'll be like, okay, this is not about, this is about God, but not the God that I'm used to traditionally. The, The book is about you. It's about you and your power to create. It's about the mind and the body and the spirit and just how, how the universe, like how the universe operates, like straight up, like how, like how, like how, like how these things work. And it, and it just draws a connection between all of these different, um, all of these different areas and kind of just brings them together. So it's a very holistic book in that sense. But um, what had me thinking about the book was that you were talking about, um, you were talking about like your thoughts, um, and thinking about like what you don't want and how if you think about what you don't want, you're gonna get what you don't want. And that is a topic, for example, that is um is emphasized in the book, of course. And so I would definitely um recommend that book to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm I mean, that sounds right up my alley right now. So thank you. And I will get that book. I'm actually reading a book right now called The Secret. And I'm not sure if I'll recommend it because it's kind of, but basically it talks about the law of attraction and kind of what I was just saying too, like the, um, but it's not really like storybook. It's kind of like all these people who are doctors, poets, like people who are successful in different fields talking about the law of attraction and how when sort of this, what we're just talking about, like when you focus on what you want, when you think positive thoughts instead of the negative, negative, it'll come back around. One of the quotes from the book that I'll share and I told, I tell this to my sister and she, and it's funny because it's like, when you complain about things, you'll get more to complain about. The more you complain, the more situations will appear in your life that are, you're going to complain about. Because think about it, you're literally getting your mind adjusted to complaining and blaming other sources and other people for your, for your un- failures, right? So I, you know, my sister likes to complain about whatever, like her friends or her teachers, blah, blah, blah. So I was just telling her that she gives me a hard time about it, but it's true. And that's a good quote from that book. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Um, Dude, I mean, yeah. and, and, and that directly correlates to this book that I suggest as well, because you, t- you said, I think in particular, you said law of attraction. Yep. This book is so well at blending all the concepts together. Because whenever you think about it, law of attraction is the same thing as manifestation. Manifestation, law of attraction, same thing as confirmation bias, which is what someone would call it in, um, you know, in a more scientific way. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I mean, it's really like all of these priming, like it conditioning, programming. It's all the. It's it's pretty much all the same thing, just expressed in different ways, and so. Yeah, the, the book does a great job of um of bringing all of that together, and I'm actually I'm gonna pull up a page now. She's got it right on the bed, and it's so good. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna go buy that for sure. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a pretty fat book. I will mention too. So. I think this is a book that absolutely everyone can get something out of, no matter where you are um, on your path. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. This is a good quote. All your life you have spent convincing yourself that you are bad. Not only that you are bad, but the things that you want are bad. Sex is bad. Money is bad. Joy is bad. Power is bad. Having a lot is bad. A lot of anything. Some of your religions have even got you believing that dancing is bad, music is bad, celebrating life is bad. Soon you'll agree that smiling is bad, laughing is bad, loving is bad. No, no, my friend. You may not be very clear about many things, but one thing you but about one thing you are clear, 
you and most of what you desire are bad. And so that very idea is like, because I mean, it, it comes down to intention and your desires and what you want. You're not going to get what you want if there's a confliction in your thoughts about what you want and therefore your actions and your words about what you want. So I can say, I, I can say that I want a lot of money, but if I have a mindset that is rooted in ideas of money being bad and me wanting to have money, but not to have that much money, because if I have too much money, then I'll be seen as, you know, something. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I think. What it is. <laughs> Yeah, man. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's a good quote. (laughs) And it does tie into what we were discussing very well. And I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have these sort of like that book, even like have an excerpt of that emphasize in education. I mean, even in college now, like higher education, it still feels like how high am how high is my education? I feel like I learned so much from shit like this. And and looking within and finding information on the internet and like the school information is so planned and okay, here's the test and here's the essay. And it's like, and it's almost kind of like, I'm not going to go as far to say the whole school is prison or school is slavery or anything like that. But it's almost like, I wish we could infiltrate these concepts about life and about positive thinking into our education system, especially higher education. I mean, when we're paying for school. So hopefully more we people wake up to that and we really start to, live our best life and help each other educate each other on things that matter because mental health i mean so many you could have a good job and your mental health is shit and i mean you hear it all the time like so what are we really what should we really be focusing on you know yeah and that's i think that's sort of my final words (laughs) absolutely well that's great to hear man so where can people find you like on the internet oh (laughs) (laughs) well I would give out my Snapchat, but because that's where I'm trying to be. But yeah, man, I mean, follow me on Instagram at Dante, D-A-N-T-E, D-P-A-S-Q. And um, honestly, Nick, you might have experienced, I mean, in- influenced me to start getting getting active on my Instagram page. I have a large following, like 1,500 followers. And that all came from, I guess, when I was so invested in that and following people from Syracuse and blah, blah, blah. But I can use this platform of people from my college and other people to start spreading these messages that I deem important. And so, yeah, follow me on my Instagram. Um, And I hope we can do something like this again, really. And uh, let's stay in touch, bro. And I'm going to go buy that book. And yeah, man. Amazing. Um, Yeah, I had had a great time talking and I can't wait to do it again. so we'll be in touch. And then for all the listeners, I will put Dante's, um, his at and all of his information in the bio or the description. So thank you again, Dante, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Nick. Have a good day, bro. See you.